0: If you turn it with me in your in your Bibles, we're gonna be in James. James chapter five. Now the book of James was written by Jesus' brother. Well, I guess Jesus' half brother. I don't think they had the same dad. Ha <laughs> ha Jesus' dad was God, but it's Jesus' half brother. And and from what we see in scripture, it looks like there was a kind of a weird relationship there. James and Jesus and James didn't even really come around like James wasn't even at the cross this is not the James that was a disciple of Jesus no and so most of the scholars tell us that it was after the cross and stuff that that James really became a believer Uh, and started speaking and writing, and he wrote this book of the Bible and and stuff about Jesus. It would have been kind of hard to be Jesus' brother. But with that in mind, that it took him a little while. It took him he had to work through some things. I want to talk to you about something that everybody wants. I would think everybody in this room wants. What I'm going to talk about. But no one wants to need. Everybody wants it. But nobody wants to need it. You know what it is? Patience. Right? Like We all want patience. Like if I ask you, it's a virtue. It's a good quality. It's something like, he's a patient person. That's a good thing. She's patient. Okay, good. Yeah, if I said everybody in here that wants patience, raise your hand. I'm sure we would probably all raise our hand like we want patience. But none of us want to need patience. Why? Because that means we're in a trying situation. We're in a situation where patience needs to be used, and that's never fun. So there's always the joke about don't pray for patience. Right? You'll hit three hours worth of traffic tomorrow morning. God will give you patience. So None of us want to need it. So I just wanted to talk for a few minutes this morning about, about patience. Because it's something we all want. And it's talked about all throughout the New Testament. Patience. No one would list Impatience. As like a description of themselves. Right? That's not something good that you that's not something you would be proud of. I love coffee, I'm into hiking, I love sunsets, long walks on the beach, and I'm so impatient. Nah. I mean that's not that's not what you're gonna put down. It's not a good thing to be impatient. The good news is, and and a lot of you may not have known this. Here's the good news. Ready? Patience can be developed. Just because you don't have patience doesn't mean you can't have patience or you shouldn't have patience. Patience can be developed. You're not born with it. Babies aren't patient. They want what they want when they want it. See what I mean? They're hungry. They want it now. They need their diaper. You're not... No humans are born with patience. It is something that was developed. It is something that can be taught. It is a muscle that can be worked out, if you will. Patience is something that we should all have and we should all build. Patience is also part of the fruit of the Spirit. So, as a Christian, you believe in Jesus and you consider yourself a Christian, then that means the Holy Spirit has come to live and dwell on the inside of you. So, that means you should have the fruit of the Spirit. And patience, or some translations say long suffering, is that same word translated for patience or long suffering, or that, that word, patience. So, you should have that in you, you should be producing fruit. But how many of y'all know sometimes it takes a little work to get fruit? I don't just walk out of my yard and pick fruit. You have to grow it. You have to plant it. You have to protect it. You have to water it. You got to make sure Jesse doesn't run it over with the lawnmower. You know, all that. <laughs> make sure your mom doesn't have goats that come down there and eat it. All that. If you want fruit. Donkeys or cows or whatever it's walking around. You have to protect it. So yeah, it's a fruit. And as believers, the more and more we look like God, the more and more we look like Jesus, you should be able to look at each one of us and see patience. Like we're not supposed to be the ones that lose it. When something bad happens or something hard happens, or we're stuck in traffic, or you know, we feel like somebody's wasting our time or we have all kind of opportunities. So don't let yourself off the hook. I heard somebody say, oh, well, that's just not my personality type. I'm just not a patient person. No, you can't let yourself off the hook like that. So patience is a muscle that can be worked. We can all grow stronger in patience. So let's, let's read James Look at what Jesus' brother had to say. James 5, verse 7. Be patient. Right there, the first two words. Be patient. Therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. So, like, how long do I have to be patient? Till Jesus comes back, unto the coming of the Lord. Yeah, till then. Forever. Behold, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth and hath long patience for it until he receive the early and latter rain. Different translations were that, that part of verse seven different. The, I think it's the NIV says, um, even as the farmer waits for his crops, or this one says, as the husbandman waits for his fruit, but it's the idea of planting and The idea of the farmer. Be patient. Verse 8. Be ye also patient. Establish your hearts. For the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. Grudge not one against another, brethren. Lest ye be condemned. Behold, the judge standeth before the door. What he's saying is, we don't know. When it's all going to be over. We don't know how long we have. You know for how many years. And people have been saying, oh it's over. I had lunch with Steve at, at the Highland this week. My spiritual grandpa. And he was talking to me about. How many times he can remember in his lifetime. That people said oh the world's gone crazy. And it's the end times. The end of the days. It's definitely over now. And it wasn't. And you know, now people are saying it now after 2020, and we don't know if it is or not. So, how are we going to live? That's what James is telling them right there. You don't know. So, what does that mean? It means we need to live ready. Do what you need to do, say what you need to say. Don't wait till one day to work out your patience, muscle. Be ready. Don't hold grudges against your brothers, he said. Verse, where did I stop? Verse 10. Take my brethren, the prophets, who have spoken in the name of the Lord for an example of suffering, an example of suffering, affliction, and of patience. He's saying, look back. Hey, that's what you got this Bible for. You can look back on all kinds of characters. Think of your favorite Bible character. I promise you, anyone you can think of needed patience. They needed some long suffering because every one of them had to suffer. In one way or another, I don't care who it was. There's going to be suffering. There's going to be pain. There's going to be Situations in life where you're going to need long suffering. You're going to need patience. You're going to have to have it to get through. And that's what James is saying. Think about the prophets of old. Think about, like, they all had to go through stuff. The example of their of suffering affliction and of patience. Behold, we count them happy which endure. Endure. You know what that means? That don't quit. So he's saying, "Yeah, you're going to go through a lot of things, and you're going to have some suffering, affliction. But guess what? We count them happy that don't quit, that don't give up, that have patience to get through the suffering. You, you know that God's still working. What we just saying? He's not finished with me yet. We keep going. We endure." And then what? We're happy. Why? Because ultimately we see God worked through it and He used it. And He grew us up or He taught us something or whatever it is. There's, there's so many different lessons. But if we quit, we don't know. If we don't have the patience to make it through. Happy are them that endure. You have heard of the patience of Job. And have seen the end of the Lord. Yeah, we've heard about the patience of Job. We know the story of Job. He lost everything. His kids all died. His every, he lost it all but his wife. And she was, I don't know, she's telling him like curse God and die and stuff. God gave the devil permission to take anything good from his life and left his wife. I don't know what team she was on. Anyways, (laughs) sidetrack, side note. Um, But we know the story of Job and then that God healed his body and God gave him back double of what he had. And, you know, if he, he had... 100 camels and he got 200 back and God doubled it all and blessed him and, and everything was good. So it's easy for us to say, yeah, have patience like Job. But what if you were in the middle of his story and he didn't see the end where he got healed and everything got restored? And what about that? Now I heard, I heard someone talking about how Job got double of everything except for his kids. And at first they were like, well, why? And then say, oh, because they died, but he didn't lose his kids. So He got to be reunited with them. He got double for the things that he lost. So I guess camels may not be in heaven, if that's true. But us knowing that story, because we know the ending is easy to say, yeah, let's all have patience and endure like Job. But if you were in the middle of it, laying there sick with sores all over your body and your wife's telling you curse God and die your three only friends in the world are telling you what sin have you committed that God's coming you've lost everything like pretty hard to have patience in that it'd be real hard to endure and not just give up not just quit but he didn't quit You need to have patience in your life. And I wrote down three areas. We need to have patience with other people. Right? That's a big one. People every day, if you're around people, they're going to give you a reason. They're going to test your patience. Probably the more people you're around, the more it will get tested. Which is a good thing because you can grow a big strong muscle. Lee gets to sit on the phone all day with people calling the power company and testing his patience to see if he'll snap on them. So, Lee probably has a big patience muscle. Thank God, cause he's married to my sister. <laughs> We're testing her patience muscle now to see if she blows up in church. <laughs> we have to have patience with other people. You have to have patience with yourself. There are a lot of people that don't have patience with their self. They're impatient with their self. Like I should have grown faster, I should be bigger now. I should be more spiritual. I should be leading by now. I should be like, and we don't have patience with ourselves through the process. So then what? If we don't have patience, we quit. We stop growing if we don't have patience with ourselves. And the third one is we have to have patience with God because God's not stuck on a timeline. And we think right now that God should have done something by now. We sang it again. We sang it again in a song. Good song selection today. They're all tying in. Earlier when we sang that, uh, do it again. Walking around these walls. I thought by now they'd fall. I singing about Jericho. But I don't know about you, but I've been there in my life. I feel like, hey God, I've been obeying you. I've been walking around the walls and Nothing's happening. Like I, I thought by now they'd fall. I thought by now you'd come through. Hey God, you said that if I would be generous and and if I would tithe that that you were going to bless my finances. And I don't know, my power's getting shut off next Monday. Like, where are you at? Then we can say whatever. We can probably all put different examples in there but I bet we've all been there where we had to have some patience with God to know he's not stuck on our timeline he sees things we don't see he sees the past he sees how he's working the past he's in the future he's calling us to the future and giving us a hope of the future but he knows we think we know everything we need and even if just for the simple fact that if God gave me every single thing that I need and everything that I'm trusting him for and I'm everything that I have faith for and everything that I pray for and everything that I'm relying on him for if he just gave it all to me right now today that'd be wonderful but guess what then I wouldn't have to rely on him for anything cuz I'd have it all then I wouldn't have to seek him then I wouldn't get up and listen for his voice I wouldn't obey. I got everything I needed. And what God's after is relationship. God wants us to be in relationship with Him. That was the point of Him sending Jesus to die on the cross. Was so that we could be in relationship with Him. So that He could have many sons and daughters. It's not about stuff. It's not about your money or your time or... It all boils back down to relationship with God and each other. With God and his family, with with Jesus and his bride, the church, with we can say it all different ways. But it boils back down to relationship. Have patience with people. Have patience with yourself. Have patience with God. Um when, I, when you look up the word patience in the Strong's Concordance, um, there are three different words, three different Greek words that were used in the New Testament for, and they were translated, they were all just translated patience. It's three different words. And there was all different places in the New Testament that I could have read to you about patience. But this passage that I picked here from James, who had to be patient, he had to not quit. Like him and Jesus were kind of at odds or not. He had to be patient. But in these verses that I just read you, all three of the words were used. And they were all three just translated patience, but they were all three used. Two of the words mean almost the exact same thing. There's one small difference, but... So for two of the words, the one that was used in verse 7 and verse 10, um, that word, it means to exhibit internal and external control in a difficult circumstance. That's what patience means, is to exhibit internal and external control in a difficult circumstance. You have control. Patience doesn't mean you're passive. Patience doesn't mean you're just zoned out or chill so nothing bothers you. No, patience means you have internal and external control. So that circumstances and other people and things do not control you. By making you lose your temper or by making you fall apart or by making you start crying or whatever like it is that you freak out. You have internal and external control. You can control yourself. And it's not just a show. If it was just external, you could put on a good little show, but be freaking out on the inside. And he, James made sure he used that word twice in this that said it's internal and external. That word also means which control could exhibit itself by delaying an action. Right, like, you're taking too long, so I want to punch you in the face. That would be my action. But I have enough self-control to delay that action and not punch you. It's pretty practical, right? The other word that that James used there and is used throughout the New Testament to describe this word patience, this fruit of the Spirit, this virtue, this thing that we should all have. The other word he used in verse 11 when he was talking about Job Uh, and that one it simply means perseverance and endurance perseverance and endurance like that we just won't quit we keep going and going and going The, the other word that a lot of times that's the one that's translated long suffering you can suffer a long time and you're not going to quit. You're not going to give up. You're not going to freak out. Endurance, perseverance, this is what we're supposed to look like. Internal and external control. So, so in those verses we just read, well, he probably gives us more. But I I want to point out two ways that that James gives us. We should have patience. Like two examples that we just read. The first one we saw is we should have patience like a farmer. Like we should have patience like a farmer. So just think about that for a minute. Well, a farmer works his butt off. I think that's where sometimes we go wrong is where we think patience means I'm just not going to do anything. I'll have patience. I'll wait on the Lord. That doesn't mean we don't do anything. We don't prepare. Because then you never make it to the end. If a farmer just sat in his lazy boy recliner. I don't know why I messed that word up. Boy, it's a pretty easy one. If a farmer sat in his lazy boy recliner and never went out and plowed the field and never planted seed and never checked the weather and never planned for the harvest and never lined up buyers for the harvest or a barn to store the harvest in whatever whatever kind of farmer we're talking about you're working you're making plans patience doesn't mean you just sit around James is saying you need to have patience like a farmer you need to be preparing for what is to come prepare for the crop or it's going to go to waste. Prepare for the crop or there won't be a crop. I got some, we got some hogs and one of them just had babies. Ginger did. And it's, uh, yeah, she's super protective. Don't go down there. Don't go in there. You might lose a leg. Uh, But they're like, so cute little baby pigs running around and we would go over there and try to take pictures of them and little videos and it's like always so exciting when they have the little babies and how cute they are jumping around and running around and stuff but like you have to work pig farmer You work a long time to reap that harvest every day, feeding them and watering them and fixing fences and worming them and giving them, doing all the stuff that you got to do. And then the babies are born and there's your fruit, your harvest. Yes, this is fruitful and productive. But guess what? Not only on the front end of making sure she's bred and she has everything she needs as a pregnant sow and she's got food and water and all that. Yeah, you're doing all that. But also all these babies, they're already all sold. There's not one available. We've already been doing the work on the back end too. So that that which you hope for is already taken care of when it gets here. That's what a good farmer does. If a good farmer grows a giant hundred acres full of cabbage, you better have some contracts lined up that want to buy that cabbage or what good is it? A bunch of rotten cabbage. You better find a good pig farmer, and I'll take it. So if we're supposed to have patience like a farmer, what does that mean? It don't mean we sit on our butt. It means we're prepared. We're preparing so that something will come and we're preparing for what will come so that we'll be ready when it comes. So we'll be prepared. Any of y'all in here looking for a spouse? Don't raise your hand, <laughs> please. <laughs> and everybody starts looking around, and this becomes something. It's not. All right. <laughs> Don't do that. But guess what? I brought that up. Say this. This applies to you. Like, go take a notebook and a pen. You might have to go buy one. I know a lot of people don't write stuff down anymore. Go take a notebook and a pen and sit down and list everything that you want in a spouse. I mean every detail. Go write that down. But I want them to be ripped. I want them to be rich. I want them to be spiritual, a godly leader. I want them to be a good father, a good mother. Write it all down. Everything that you want in your dream spouse then I want you to take that list and use it as a checklist for yourself. Why would that person be looking for you? I know we know what we want, but have we prepared for what we want? Like a farmer, we have patience. Patience. Says, like a farmer, because sometimes we use patience as an excuse to do nothing. And James is saying, uh-uh, that's not it. Like we all know John 3.16. So one of the most famous Bible verses in the whole world. But what about 2 Kings 3:16? It's where they were in the middle of a drought. And people were literally falling over dead of thirst. And their animals were dying of thirst. And the prophet came and said, God spoke to me. And here's here's what he said. 2 Kings 3.16. Make this valley full of ditches. Do you know how you make a valley full of ditches? You need a shovel. And a pickaxe. He didn't say, sit thus down and waiteth on my reign. No, God said, oh, you need water? Get to work. Do what you can do. And you know how much water he gave them? However deep they dug the ditches. It tells us he filled up all the ditches. So what if they only just dug out a little bitty trench, kicked it out with their foot like that, and then that's all the water they would have had. When God sends His rain, I don't want to get a little mud puddle because I haven't prepared. Because I was too lazy to dig ditches. Because I was too lazy to dig deep. But I'm thirsty. We're in a drought and I'm about to die. And we're all about to die. And if I pick up a shovel and start digging, then I'm going to start sweating and then I'm going to die faster. Like, it doesn't make sense. but I'm going to dig deep and this year I plan on digging deeper than I've ever dug before because I know that the rain's coming I know that he will send his rain because he's faithful and he always does God is a filler not a forcer so every area that I already have full or I wasn't able or willing to dig out then it's already full But every space in my life where i make room holy spirit fills it he will fill it he's a filler not a forcer he said make this valley full of dishes one time i was working with my ex-brother-in-law and doing just side jobs and this person wanted us to put a chain link fence around their backyard But here's the problem. They wanted that chain link fence buried in the ground 16 inches deep all the way around their whole backyard and had a pretty big backyard. So he bid the job and bid in the price a small little backhoe to dig the ditch all the way around the yard. Well, then he comes to me and says, Hey, to rent that backhoe for as long as we need, it's going to be almost 300 bucks. We could dig it with pickaxes and get an extra 150 a piece. I'm sorry to say, we were dumb enough to think that was a good plan. (laughs) That was about the worst two to three days of my life. I had blisters on top of blisters on top of blisters, my shoulders, back, legs. And then we were so sore from digging this dumb ditch. Then we had to get down in that ditch and put up a chain link fence, which also was a pain in the butt. You can't even unroll the roll of chain link because you, you, you dug as skinny of a ditch as you could. And now we were trying to put post down in there and then chain link down in there. And then how are you supposed to tie the chain link when it's under dirt? It was horrible. Digging ditches is not fun. Especially in a drought. But remember, how much water they got depended on how deep they dug. Proverbs tells us that the ant lays up in summer what he will need in the winter. That's wisdom. Okay, so that was the first thing. Like a farmer, the second example that pulled out of what James said was Be patient like you know the future. I pulled that from verse eight and nine where he's saying, you know, be patient, establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh for the future. The judge stands at the door and we don't know what tomorrow looks like, but we need to be patient like you know the future. See, the process is the product. It's about the journey, and we get so focused on the end product or where we want to be that we want to try to skip the process, and it doesn't work that way. You don't get the end product without the process. You can't just fast forward and be there because then you can't handle it. It will crush you. The process is the product. God is working. Remember Joseph? He was thrown in jail, slavery, false accusations against him, all kinds of stuff, and guess what? He didn't quit. He had patience. He endured to the end. And I'm gonna be great. One day, everybody's going to bow down to me. I had a dream that I'm going to be great and I'm going to be powerful and I'm going to save the whole entire world. But right now, I'm going to be faithful. One day, I'm going to interpret the dreams of Pharaoh, the most powerful man in the whole entire world. But today, I'm going to interpret the dreams of my cellmate here in jail. Well, how in the world would you ever even get get to see Pharaoh? Pharaoh? I don't know, but I'm going to go ahead and dig ditches here. I'm going to go ahead and work on that muscle. I'm going to practice interpreting some dreams while I'm here. I'm going to walk in integrity and be faithful. For now, I'll, I'll do what I can do. One day, if we have lots of youth, I'm going to study and bring a real good message. I'm saying that because I know all our youth leaders do study and bring good messages. So I can pick on that area and say that's not how you do it. Right? If I'm saving all my good revelation and good messages that I have for one day, if God grows the church into a mega church, then I'll bring the good stuff. God will never grow the church. We prepare for what is to come. You know, I used to be like that, like I used to, like I love telling stories, a good story for church that gets a point across or moves you or something, and and there was a while that I would get a good story or I would hear a really good story, and I didn't even want to share it until it was like, I'd like save it. <laughs> Is there the right time? Is there going to be enough people at church for me to add this in the message? And I got kind of convicted about it, like... You want more good stories? You better be faithful to give the ones I have that that I give you. Don't save it up. Give it. Pour it out, and then you'll be filled. So as I was looking up things about patience and doing research this week, and just that's how I do when I feel like God's speaking something to me, and I'm looking at all different things and stories about patience and stuff. Y'all know there's a whole lot of stuff about millennials out there from psychologists and all kind of people and uh, it ain't good where y'all and patients are concerned and I say y'all because found out millennials anybody born 1984 and since (laughs) I barely made it (laughs) y'all are the millennials (laughs) and it says, and and it explains, and some psychologists and Simon Sinek talks a lot about it and stuff about the millennials, and how awesome the millennials are, and how much all all kind of good things. But the one thing is, they say millennials have grown up and helped grown up in and helped create a world of instant gratification, to where if I can't. I can't get it now, I get upset. There's something wrong. Why did I have to wait 10 minutes in a drive-through? It should have been faster. In fact, I'm not going there anymore. And it's the feeding of this instant gratification that makes those patience muscles weak. And that can get dangerous. And they talk about things like Amazon. And like, we don't even have time to go to a store and pick up something because then we got Amazon. But then, then that wasn't even fast enough. We didn't even have time. So now if we get another subscription, we can have Amazon Prime and it'll be here even faster. And then we don't have to even think about it until the day before. It's an instant gratification. And so we don't have patience and we don't have to think about the future crop that is coming because we can have whatever we need now. You know, movie stores are shut down. Most people don't even go to the movies anymore because you'd have to check times and plan on that. You know, there's no movie stores because now you can just pull up your phone and watch a movie anytime you want at your fingertips. Some of y'all are watching them now. Go ahead and jump off of Netflix and Hulu. I'm going to close this. Y'all want to hear what I say at the end. All right. All right. You can just jump on and watch whatever you want to watch. You can watch shows. And then they say even it's not even enough that you can jump on like Netflix or Hulu and watch a show. Now they say most millennials won't even watch a show like used to. I don't know if y'all know this, but used to. We would have to like, if a show came on on Thursday night and we wanted to watch it, we had to be home on Thursday night at 6 o'clock and watch it or we missed it. But now they say, you don't have to wait a week. You can just stream it. Okay, cool. It's even going further than that. Now they say people won't even watch a show, one show a week when they're streaming it. They'll wait on the show to be over so that they can binge watch it. Y'all know, it's, y'all know that's true. And sit there and binge watch the show. The problem is it all points to this culture, this generation that has weak patience muscles that is looking for instant gratification. Um, y'all know those little... Uh, I don't know what it's called, the little flip-down thingy on the gas pump that you can you pull it up, you flip that little thing down and it holds the thing up for you. Y'all know how aggravating that is when that thing's gone or broken? It's aggravating. This happened to me, and I, I'm, I'm confessing now. More than once I've shoved like Gatorade or Mountain Dew bottles in there to hold the thing up so I could go sit... It's important who's got time to stand there and pump gas, I'm trying to get back in my warm truck and listen to the rest of that motivational thing I was listening to to make me get up and do something right but and and it's funny, but it's true like we're we're so impatient. What do you mean when last monday when I went to I went to get pig food and I stopped at this little gas station right there. I pull in with my truck and trailer and this lady comes out of the gas station and she comes walking towards my truck and I'm like, uh, and she said, if you got things to do, you don't need to get gas here. I said, excuse me? She pulls her mask down. I said, if you got things to do, you don't need to get gas here. And I was like, Why? These pumps are so slow that I stood here for probably 30 minutes and I only got $8 worth of gas and I prepaid for 20 and I just went back in there and got my change. I ain't waiting on that to pump. And she jumped in her car and took off. I guess her eight dollars worth of gas. We're impatient. We don't have time to sit and wait. So, Simon Sinek says, you can have everything you want instantly. Instant gratification. We've made apps and all kinds of things that you can have everything you want instantly except job satisfaction and strength of relationships. There ain't no app for that. The economy of God... Is relational, and without patience, you can't build lasting and meaningful relationships. You need patience. We don't even have to, you know. Back in the day, if you wanted to, like, if you liked somebody, you had to go up to them and say, "Hey, how you doing? Can can I have your number?" You don't even have to do that anymore. People send text, and then if you see, even if I see somebody in here, I don't have to come up and meet you and get information about you. You just jump on social media and look them up and do a quick few minutes of stalking. But then what that does is, and that's what, that's what Simon Sinek was talking about in his little talk was that it breaks down real relationship because now I haven't had to spend the time to get to know you. I haven't come up and ask you any questions because I jumped on Facebook or Instagram or something and found out what I wanted to know about you and we never built a relationship and when something hard happens in your life or in my life, we're not there for each other because we don't really know each other because I didn't have to build that relationship. We'll even get annoyed when we jump on there to look up somebody if there isn't any information on them, what's wrong with them? What are they trying to hide? On the picture they got up is from five years ago. What have they been doing the last five years? They must be so old they can't work technology. <laughs> I always make it like there's something wrong with them because we can't find out their information. Okay, you get the point. Romans 15, 5. Paul calls God the God of patience. God is the God of patience. Tells me we should be patient. And and we want to look more and more like God. You know why we get impatient? Usually cuz we feel like our time is being wasted. You can pretty much boil it down to that. Like I I wanted it faster or I feel like that person's wasting my time or I feel like God's wasting my time. I get impatient with God like we feel like time's being wasted. We get impatient with ourselves because we look back at all the time we wasted. I could have been healthy by now. I could have been more spiritual if I wouldn't have wasted those hours or I could have, whatever it is. It's usually because of wasted time. I want to tell you today as I close that with God, nothing is wasted. Nothing. And I really feel like that if we can get that down in our our mind... And in our hearts, it'll help us with this whole patience thing. With God, nothing is wasted. I don't care what it is that you've been through. Romans eight twenty eight says that God works all things together for the good of them that are called according to His purpose. And if you're a Christian and you're saved and God has a purpose and a plan and a call for your life, and that means nothing's wasted, He can work it all together for good everything, the good, the bad, all things. I was going to Go and read you this story about Moses and talk to you about how God doesn't waste anything. But I'm feeling like we're we got enough to chew on, so let's not go there. I don't want to lose you. <laughs> let's sit on this. Let me end with that and just say that in God nothing is wasted. So this week as as you start out your week, remember that this right here in this room, this is awesome and we come in and there's corporate worship and we're in His presence, but this is not the main event. Tomorrow, Monday, yeah, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, as you go about your week, as you parent your children, as you, as you help that single mom, as you show Jesus in traffic as, as you walk into your job and you have some patience as you endure as you start to look like Jesus and, and we work on that patience muscle and we, we push on we don't quit we don't give up So remember who we are and you need to know that God doesn't waste anything He'll use it all we'll probably talk more about that next week so God thank you God thank you for speaking to us Thank you that you're a real God and that you're in it with us and that you came and took on flesh and you experienced sin you experienced loss Physical pain, mental pain, emotional pain, that you felt it all. You know how we feel. And you love us. We can't say thank you enough. Thank you that you're so big and so powerful that you can work everything in our lives together for our good and for your glory. Nothing's wasted. God, we love you. Help us to grow up. We want to be all that you've called us to be. This week we're gonna dig some ditches. And when we get tired, and when we're about to pass out, we're not gonna quit. We're gonna dig a little bit deeper. God, we trust you with all that we have and all that we are. We're expecting you to come through. In Jesus' name, amen.